Greetings, gentle listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also like Brosé, a mirthy talk show starring four bros who sip wine and consider questions submitted by you, the audience, about current events, pop culture, and which Muppet you should get tattooed on your back. Subscribe to Brosé wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-R-O-S-E. Brosé, the podcast for those who drink rosé. Person in Person is brought to you by the Perineum Group, the only truly centrist news organization. That's right, Greg. We're in the sweet spot between partisan extremes. When taint the left and taint the right, it's Perineum. What do the Circumcellians have to do with the Enchanted Forest? Could a parasite make you immortal? What do the wheels on the bus do? Are you hungry for cablap? Are you buying too many candles? Would you like to? (laughs) The answers to all these questions, plus sports, emotional weather, and state up. That's tonight on Person in Person. Good evening, wherever you are, whoever you are, and welcome to Person in Person. I'm your neighborhood Gene Person. And I'm your not-neighborhood Greg Person. No relation! Person in Person is a news show for people who don't like news shows by people who don't like news shows. That's us! Yep, we love quinoa and we hate news. Yeah, quinoa's so good. It is. I grubbed on like a pound and a half of quinoa for dinner. Quinoa That's and broccoli. That's a bit too much quinoa for me, but but I, I love the applications of quinoa. It's in some of my favorite dishes. Uh, let's go ahead and get into tonight's story beats so we're not doing this intro banter for too long. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. Kevin Spacey is heading back to the silver screen in an Italian movie about an accused pedophile. It'll be his most challenging role to date, Because in this movie, the man is innocent. Unfortunate news this week is the U.S. president has missed the deadline he'd outlined for serious police reform. Biden has announced that ignoring his campaign promises was just the first increment in his plan for incremental change. And that when he said build back better, what he really meant was build back basically the same. A man who went missing in Catalonia was found dead inside a dinosaur statue, apparently after getting stuck trying to retrieve his phone. The phone was not charged. I'm liking these this week. After a 17-year hiatus, millions of cicadas are emerging, and one Georgia county is begging residents to please stop calling 911 over the insects. Apparently, they're so loud, citizens are confusing them with alarms. When asked for comment, the cicadas responded, Okay, so for context, folks, in his notes, Gene just wrote, I'm going to make some car noises here. And I thought, okay, fine. I did not realize that it was going to be a whole thing. Let it let let it never be said that Gene Person half asses anything. No, you whole assed this thing. 
A 77-year-old Florida woman was arrested for assaulting and screaming racial slurs at a Burger King employee because she was upset about the thickness of the tomato on her Whopper. Obviously, the police report doesn't specify who she voted for, but I bet I can guess. Yeah, a thicker tomato. Folks, the tomatoes <laughs> these days, they're, they're too thin. You get a tomato, it's... It's disgraceful, really, you know. Used to be the tomatoes, you'd get them, they were so thick. They were so thick, it was beautiful. Researchers have found that great white shark populations are increasing off the coast of California, increasing by as much as 35% in 10 years. One expert was quoted as saying, and the idea was, the shark nearest man, and then he'd start pounding and hollering and screaming, and sometimes the shark would go away. Sometimes he wouldn't go away. <laughs> Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark? He's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he come at you, doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white. I didn't know you were going to do the voice. It's so good. <laughs> Holy shit, that's good. Well, let's go on to main news. I'm going to lead off our top story this week with Enchanted Forest. Enchanted Forest is Oregon's only real theme park. And it was created when Roger Toft, who worked for the Department of Transportation as a draftman and artist, wanted to spend more time with his family. So he started by purchasing 20 acres of land off of I-5 near Turner, Oregon for about $4,000 in 1964. And little by little, built a theme park out of concrete and imagination. Enchanted Forest is all about fairy tales and nursery rhymes, and it's a uniquely Oregonian attraction. Does it crib from Disney a bit? Maybe at times, the Ice Mountain bobsleds are a little reminiscent of the Matterhorn, but they're also very different. For one thing, the cars are enclosed. For another, it's a pretty rough and tumble ride. No less fun, though. The haunted house at Enchanted Forest is legendary, and honestly, not for the little ones. Also, it kind of smells funny in there. Don't expect huge thrills at the Enchanted Forest. The log ride is kind of short and other rides are great, but they're not exactly on the same level. Enchanted Forest isn't about all that. It's about spending some time with your family in a fun place that has a fair amount of whimsy and doesn't break the bank. I love it there, and I'm really looking forward to the day that I can take little Jean to the park. But what does that have to do with? The Circumcellians. Um, they called themselves the Agonistici. Uh, they were a sect of early Christians who campaigned against poverty, slavery, and debt, uh, mostly in North Africa. Hmm. And uh, the reason they're remembered these days, though, is that they believed that martyrdom was the only sure path to salvation. So they would come up with opportunities to martyr themselves every chance they got. Uh, they would, for example, uh, attack Roman legions on the road with big wooden clubs that they called Israelites to try to get the Romans to kill them. Huh. Um, th they would go into courtrooms and they would scream abuse at the judges so the judges would order them executed. Sometimes, and this is... Well, we don't know 100% that this is true. This was written by people who were critical of them. But apparently they would take turns pushing each other off cliffs. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... I, I just, I've known about these guys for a while, uh, and I've been fascinated by them because they actually start from 
a well it's it's a whole thing the church politics of north africa at that time mm-hmm. but um they started from a fairly reasonable position that a lot of people held and they just took it to a place where most people were like no we're we're fine thanks and surprisingly uh there's none of them around today they've all died out so good job so i mean well they accomplished their end game then So I can think of a couple of bridges between these two ideas right now. Uh, Number one is that uh, when Roger Toft, it might be Tofty, I'm not sure. When he uh, when he purchased his land, he was leveraging pretty much everything he owned to uh, build Enchanted Forest. And he was pretty widely regarded as kind of a fool for doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, they referred to the site where Enchanted Forest was eventually built as Idiot Hill. Um, but it, it ended up being quite successful. So, I mean, that did end up... He, he sacrificed what he had in order to gain more, I guess. I don't know. Are there any rides? Because I've, I've actually never been to the Enchanted Forest, believe it or not. I've driven oh, by really? it many times. Yeah, oh, that's crazy no. to me. Yeah. Well, I never really liked rides as a kid. And mm-hmm. so whenever my mom would be like, hey, do you want to go on some rides? I'm like, pass. Well, Enchanted Forest isn't really about the rides, though. It's 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 biggest attraction is actually the fairy tale village, which is just it's a walk through trail of of fairy tales. Do they have fair food? Do they have like kettle corn and, and elephant ears and stuff? I mean, they, they, they have some things there. I'm not sure if they have specifically fair food, but I mean, I don't remember the snacks or concessions being bad in any way. You, they're one of the few parks where you can actually bring your own food, which is kind of nice. Um, and they even have refrigerators, I think, that you can rent space in. They, uh, they do have a, a, a great ice cream service. <laughs> Oh really? Do they like make their own and have a wild number of flavors? No, it's just straight up. It's straight up vanilla soft serve. But it was it, it like on a hot day after walking throughout this like concrete park. It's actually really really nice. It's the spot. Now, are there any rides at the Enchanted Forest where you fall to your death? Um, no, no. So there are only really if you're a if you're above the age of like four, there are only four rides at Enchanted Forest that, that you would go on. Um, and one of them isn't even a ride. It's the haunted house and that's a walkthrough attraction. And then they have a dark ride, um, which is far more high tech than you would expect from the Enchanted Forest, but they invested in a high tech dark ride that wasn't perhaps the wisest investment because it's also a little bit hokey. And I, I love that about it. And then they have um, the roller coaster, Ice Mountain bobsleds, which they—it's really funny. They have the cars are enclosed, and they have to be because you go up this mountainside and through this cave, and the cave's ceiling is too low. If you were to stick your hands up, you'd you'd be touching it before you fully extended your hands. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of why they had to enclose the rides or the the cars because you know those things are propelled by a chain lift but it could potentially cause someone injury or like rip your arm off or something if you were holding on tight there are some other interesting features on that i'm starting to go off the rails (laughs) i'm talking about roller coasters which we know 
this is what I do. Um, the other thing, the other big ride is the the log ride, which is a water coaster. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that type of flume ride, but it's half flume, half roller coaster. Um, but it's unfortunately pretty short. It's just you go up the lift hill and then you it's kind of like out and back style. You go down a certain ways and it turns you around and then you come back and then you take one turn and suddenly you're not in the water anymore. You're on the coaster part and then you go down the big hill and you make the splash and then it's over. Hmm. Yeah. But it's it's safe though. Everything everything there that I'm aware of is safe. Now, I do have this is a little further afield because they don't have one of these at the Enchanted Forest. It's never actually been built. But you have, I presume, because you're a roller coaster aficionado. The suicide coaster? Uh, you've heard of the Yes. Yes. yes yeah, the exactly. euthanasia coaster. Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. So if they built one of those, that would be a ride that a Circumcellion could go on. And potentially legal and enjoy. in Oregon. Because we do uh, we do allow euthanasia. But you would have to get a doctor's note to let you ride this roller coaster. Would be you must be this tall and have a doctor's note. Yeah, but ride. we're not going to check for the doctor's notes. We don't even check for vaccines. That's true, and I mean, if you're going to an amusement park without a vaccine, you're basically committing suicide anyway. I don't so, know that. I don't know that Enchanted Forest is actually open right now during the pandemic. I know they've been very cautious. Hmm. But, uh, well, most places in the state are, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they've been compelled to be. Now, what, is it fair to say that the Enchanted Forest is a little piece of heaven on Earth? I mean, in my opinion, it certainly is. It's a wonderful place. And, do you know, on that same stretch of the interstate, there's that wonderful bakery, the Heaven on Earth Bakery. Have you been there? That's so much further south. Yeah, but I mean, if you're driving north, you'll hit them both eventually. Right here in this in this little stretch of the earth, we've got our own little piece of heaven. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels like, you know, in the words of Belinda Carlisle, ooh, ooh, heaven is a place on earth. And I feel like maybe that's what the Circumcellians weren't getting. You know, they were killing themselves to find a better place. They just should have when- moved to Oregon. They should have just moved to Oregon. It's really nice. It is. It is a beautiful state. It's wonderful to live here. Um, yeah, I, I I really appreciate my home state a lot. It's going to be got, hard to roast it when it comes to state up. I'm, no, I mean, I can do that with my Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No I, problem. I'll, I'll be able to do it. <laughs> but I'll be I'm able just, to do it. I mean, like, they didn't have the things that we had in ancient Rome, you know, right. Right. They didn't have the dent Kush. They didn't have cinnamon rolls that are literally the size of birthday cakes. I'm just saying, so you're you're positing that, you know, they were, they were killing themselves over this idea of heaven that they could have had if they just waited a few centuries and moved to the Pacific Northwest. Yes. If they had moved to a country that they did nominal fee, because really the, I, I guess the the cinnamon rolls are kind of spendy, which is an Oregonian term, meaning pricey. Um, but uh, the the cost of entry into Enchanted Forest is, is really, really affordable. And then well, you, uh, you, you have to buy the tickets for the rides. But those are actually pretty, pretty darn affordable, too. I mean, amusement parks anywhere you go are going to be a little spendy. Yeah, yeah, but Enchanted Forest is really not. 
cost of admission, um, children two and under are free. Three to 12 are $13.75. Teenagers and adults are $15.25. That is that's, nothing. That's really nothing. Like, cause you're not paying to go on the rides also, right? You are that's... paying to go on the rides. Oh, okay. Well, that's a little bit more comparable to other amusement parks, but that's still pretty good. It's, it's not though. Like the cost of getting into Disneyland for a day is over a hundred bucks now or near that. Yeah, but Disneyland is Disneyland. Well, right, right. But the the ride tickets are really affordable. They're $1 each. It's two to four tickets per ride. For $4, you can ride the log ride or the dark ride or the roller coaster. $3 to go in the haunted house. And then most of the kiddie rides are, are $2. So, I mean, that's pretty much, that's comparable to, you know, your your average carnival. Yeah, so, I mean... I'm just saying, if you're if you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to be a martyr and go to heaven, just relax. Right. Okay. Get on I-5 and grab a cinnamon roll or a slice of pineapple upside down cake. That one's my favorite. Mm-hmm. And, you know, go to Seven Feathers and go to Enchanted Forest. I think we've cracked it. It's on to breaking news. All right, folks, uh, I want to talk to you tonight about uh, two species, Temnothorax nylandari and uh, Anamotania brevis. Now, the first is a species of ant that lives in Western Europe, uh, first discovered in Germany, and the latter is a tapeworm that lives in its guts. Now, what's interesting is that this tapeworm, when it infects the ant rather than hurting it, it hijacks the genes in the endocrine system of the ant to make it functionally immortal, eternally beautiful, and take away its ability to experience stress or fear. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I so get it, one of these? <laughs> that's, that's literally what I said is, is as I was reading this, because I learned about this from the Atlantic and then I did some more research, uh, I thought, if I eat these ants, how many ants do I need to eat? Where right. do I get them? How much do they cost? But see, what's cool is these Instagram ants, these mm-hmm. influencer ants, um, they don't work. They are pampered by the other ants who are so captured by their beauty. And we don't know if it's because of the way that they look or if they're exuding some kind of pheromone as a result of the parasite or what. Mm-hmm. But all the other ants in the colony are like enslaved by these, you know, phenomenally beautiful, eternally youthful ants. And to give you an idea, when I say that they're immortal, worker ants generally will live a few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, these ants will live between 10 or 20 years and maybe longer. Wow. Yeah. But so the end goal of all this from the tapeworm's perspective is because the all the colony's resources are going to pamper these god ants, mm-hmm. um, they're they're more vulnerable to predators, and because the infected ants don't feel any kind of anything but a kind of idle curiosity for anything that happens, mm-hmm. uh, when the woodpeckers that eat the ants come and and bust up their little ant colonies, then the uh, tapeworm finishes its life cycle in the woodpecker. So that's the end goal. 
But what I'm saying is I'm very disappointed that no human parasites turn us into ageless, carefree supermodels. Right. But then there's the other side of that coin where it's the last of us. Oh, you mean like, um, yeah, the fungal parasite that the cordyceps that turns us all into, into mushroom zombies. Yeah. And I mean, that probably is going to happen someday. There will be a zombie virus. I don't know that it'll be a virus, but there's plenty of mechanisms for that to happen. It could be a parasite. It could be, it could be a virus. It could be a fungal infection. There's, there's dozens of ways these things can spread. But if there's ever any, uh, if there's ever any way that I can take, you know, some kind of a pill or a parasite or something to turn me into an immortal beautiful thing that exudes pheromones that make people want to lavish attention on me Mm -hmm. so that I never have to work again. Like, yeah, please. Thank you. Yeah. Because on the one hand, you're immortal. On the other hand, you got to watch out for that Kurgan. I would just wear a big ring of metal around my neck. Oh, yeah. That's that's a solution. Why don't they do that? So I don't know. Stupid. Apparently there's a there's a reboot of Highlander coming and uh, I guess who signed on to do it? Who? Henry Cavill. It's Henry Cavill. Okay. Is he going to do a Scottish accent? I don't know. I don't know if it's even based on the McLeod clan. I don't know any of the details except that he's potentially attached to it. Well, if there's no McClouds, I'm not going to watch it. I'm sorry. As far as Highlander goes, I really feel like there can be only one, but... Mm-hmm. 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 You know, we haven't talked about it for a while, but Pun Jail still exists. Does it? Does it you really, can, Greg? You can go there. And, you know, if if um, Enchanted Forest is heaven on Earth, Pun Jail is hell on Earth. So oh, really? watch yourself. <laughs> Really, Pun Jail is is a super is a mega church. Because that's my yeah. description of hell on earth. Ironically, but appropriately. All right, my story as the parent of a toddler. A lot of the stories this that I ended up seeing, uh, particularly this week, they either horrified me or filled me with anxiety. But one story this week filled me with kind of a lot of laughs. So this school bus in Columbia, South Carolina, was going about its business picking up kids to take them to school when it was hijacked by an escaped army trainee named Jovan Calazzo. Once on the bus, however, things took an amusing turn. Calazzo was bombarded with curious questions from the kids on board. Are you a soldier? Why are you doing this? Are you going to hurt us? Are you going to hurt our driver? Calazzo said... No to the last two, but the questions, they kept coming. Because that's what kids do. And I can only imagine what kind of questions kept coming. What's your favorite color? Do you like Spider-Man more than Batman? Have you ever seen a horse? What kind of army man are you? And so on. Eventually, Colazzo had had enough of the questions and escaped the hijacked bus. So the article I found didn't mention whether or not Colazzo was apprehended, but it's like a scene from a madcap comedy, and I am here for it. I really like this story. It makes me really happy. I am baffled as to why he would steal a school bus. I know, I know. It, it seems like if you're going to do like a hijacking, there's got to be a different way to go. <laughs> 
I mean, literally the worst possible vehicle. Right. Because you could steal. You get caught with it. You're facing some massive charges. And school buses have a governor on them. They top out at like 35 miles an hour. Right. Right. You are not escaping anywhere in a school bus. And what are you going to, are you going to try some evasive driving with how, how do you think a school bus handles at right. speed? Right. I don't know. I can barely stand to be in a car with like two children. I mean, I'm riding around occasionally with one and it's a bit much. Yeah. I mean, bus drivers are the real heroes. That's item one. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're pretty I, I great. You know, this guy, like he has the most airtight insanity defense just because of the nature of the crime. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to sports. All right, for sports, I'm really excited about this one. I want to tell you about one of my favorite athletic competitions of all time. Now, if you were watching TV in the 90s and you weren't a total dweeb, you remember the totally awesome show that ran from 1989 to 1996, whipped ass every single minute. You know it. You love it. I'm talking about American Gladiator. <laughs> I did love American Gladiator back then. Of course you did. The show was great. It's amazing. Okay, so if you're young or just lived under a rock or your parents hated you and didn't want you to enjoy things, uh, what it is is amateur athletes... Uh, from all over the country, competed against uh, professional gladiators, uh, and they all the gladiators had sweet ass names like Blaze, Nitro, Turbo, Laser, mm-hmm. and they competed against them in a, a variety of physical challenges, tests of strength, strategy, and agility. Uh, they had names like Powerball, Assault, the Joust, which was everybody's favorite, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. At the end of it, uh, you would go against other competitors in a sweet-ass obstacle course called the Eliminator. Now, every week you would see a new batch of like teachers and gardeners and lifeguards going against these absolutely fully juiced California muscle freaks. And I want to I want to highlight when you say fully juiced, you are talking steroids. There oh, were yeah. steroids for sure. 100%. Like I got eyes. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those people, those people were roided to the gills and mm-hmm. you know what? They looked great. They looked fantastic. Um, that probably American gladiators was the uh, beginning of my appreciation for um, extremely muscular women, hmm. but that's neither here nor there. But you know, you didn't often see the amateurs get over on the gladiators, but when they did, it was sweet. Yeah, that was that was always my favorite part is if someone managed to to really really make it work. It was it was like jumping out of your chair excited television. Right. And and it's it's still great. You can actually still watch the old episodes um various streaming services. Uh, they were on Hulu for a while. Some of them were on Netflix. 
Um, I, from what I understand now, they're on Pluto TV. I don't know what that is, but I'm thinking about downloading it just to watch American Gladiators. It's, it's a free ad-supported television app. I, I have it, and uh, yeah, they've got they've got all kind. They have an MST3K channel on uh, Pluto TV. Nice. Yeah, it's it's worth it to download it. Is there any chance that they might be rebooting American Gladiators again? I am glad you asked. You might remember uh, way back in 2008, Mm -hmm. um, they did reboot it for one season. Hulk Hogan and Layla Ali hosted. Um, That was great. um, But for some reason, it didn't catch on the same way that it had in the 90s. But there was a plan to reboot it for the 2019-2020 season. But then, of course, COVID. Right, right. So that put that on hold for a while. But... From what I was reading, there are plans to bring it back very soon. Very good. I, I would really look forward to watching that again and seeing what a new take on it would be. I know that they uh, they announced plans for, I think it might be Netflix, to reboot Legends of the Hidden Temple as a game show for adults. Okay, I'm into that. Which I think is brilliant because it cashes in on that nostalgia factor and it really was a fun show. I mean, so many kids back in the day, you know, not to be this guy, because like I'm very nearly 40 and you're over 40. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to refer to us as 90s kids because we're not kids in any sense. Right. But when we were kids, we all dreamed of facing down Omek in the Hidden Temple. So not me actually here's the thing here's the thing i uh was already a bit too old for the show when it was on so my interest had had gone from you know nickelodeon to other channels at that point um for me it was always wanting to run around the fun house in jd roth's fun house i don't know if you're familiar with that game show but it was very like legends of the hidden temple in a sense No, but I am familiar with Eli Roth's fun house. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's a fun house nobody wants to go in. Yeah, I don't want to run around in that one. But um, me, I mean, that was the one. I wanted to be on that one. I didn't want to be on Nick Arcade because it it didn't look like they were actually having any fun. Yeah, I remember there was Guts. I remember that one. That was a very American Gladiators-like contest, if I recall. Oh, it was it was literally inspired by American Gladiators. The concept behind it was they wanted to do American Gladiators for kids. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Well, you know what? They should reboot completely mm-hmm. for adults. Double Dare. Yes. 100%. I'd be on that so quickly. Oh my so god! Quickly. I want to get Goopy in that slime so bad, dude. You and I, dream team, the persons. Let's do this. We would destroy. Like, I mean, I'm not so sure in the physical challenges that we would come out on top, but in, in, in all the, any, any trivia they throw at us, we're going to do great. Well, see, that's what we got to do is just, we crush the trivia, make the other teams do the physical challenges, let them get all goopy. Yes. Yeah. So the, uh, tapeworm model of, (laughs) of game shows. It's great. Indeed. All right. It's time for the emotional weather. This week we have chosen sickly prickly and pickly. I'm going to go ahead and lead off my sickly story. An Australian hiker stumbled across a bazaar 
alien-looking growth in the ground, a bright red growth that looked like something out of Resident Evil, and described the smell, which he could pick up as much as a meter away, as similar to the sickly sweet scent of a rotting corpse. In photographs provided, he even pointed that flies were landing on the growth. Eventually, a botanist identified the item. It's a rare form of the stinkhorn fungus. This version grows in kind of a starship or starfish shape. But this thing was like bright red. It was really an impressive specimen. Yeah, I went and looked up pictures of it uh, after you told me about it. And mm-hmm. it, it really does look, it's a bizarre alien kind of a thing. It definitely looks alien, for sure. For my sickly weather... Um, You know, I bag on the British retailer Marks and Spencer all the time because they do so much tacky, tasteless stuff. Mm -hmm. And so naturally I was going to get around to Percy Pig someday. Percy Pig, uh, for those of you who, like me, are blessed not to live in the UK, is a kind of a gummy candy uh, that is sold at Marks and Spencer. And they really want him to be a huge brand and a cultural icon. So they make Percy Pig flavored everything. They make Percy Pig soda. They make Percy Pig sandwich cookies. They make Percy Pig ice cream. And um, it's just just real gross, all the things they want you to have Percy Pig in. But I'm just saying, I still got all these SpongeBob popsicles to get through. I don't really have time to adopt another candy icon. Yeah, stop trying to make Percy Pig happen, Marks and Spencer. It's never going to happen. Prickly! According to experts, global deserts are being stripped bare of rare cactus specimens thanks to global cactus trafficking, in which private collectors pay black market prices for the specimens. How big a deal is this? Well, it does take a toll. Over 30% of the world's nearly 1,500 cactus species are threatened with extinction. Unscrupulous collection is the primary driver of that decline, affecting almost half of imperiled species. It's a serious matter, to be sure. And authorities are only now starting to become aware of just how big this black market is. As with any kind of transaction, collectors need to be aware of who they're making deals with, because a few pricks can spoil it all for the rest of us. That is an acceptable pun. I will not press charges for that one. Good. Um, Now... Um, Maybe you know the answer to this. Is there any indication of why people want these cactuses, these rare cacti? I I think it's that same motivating driver that that causes people to collect rare flowers, rare animals. Rare Pokemon. Right. Right. You just got to catch them all. Exactly. Well, for my prickly weather, I want to talk to you about your friend and mine, the Echidna. One of Australia's wildest monotremes, God's way of telling us things could have been a lot weirder. Now, there's a recent research on the echidna. Now, you probably know already, if you're a freak like us, that the echidna's penis has four heads. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't seen it, don't look it up. It looks fucked up and it will haunt your dreams. Yeah, it's a pretty terrifying looking member. But what they've discovered is that they can only ejaculate out of two of the heads at a time. Okay. So it's so like the, a, it's like a whack-a-mole game. Yeah, well and they and they get to pick which side. 
Okay. So it's either the ones on the left hand or the right hand side. Mm-hmm. So it's like a very simple whack-a-mole game. And the the paper I was reading that explained it, they did explain a little bit about why this might be the case. But by that point, my brain had already turned off and I was like, nope, peace. I'm out. I'm not learning anymore. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just going to keep saying whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole. <laughs> whack-a-mole. You know, whack-a-mole is actually one of my uh, favorite condiments on like a taco or a burrito or some nachos. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. You, you make get, that fresh You get the avocados right when they're at the perfect ripeness. Oh, that whack-a-mole is delicious. All right. Pickly. Brewmate is said to be releasing a new hard seltzer flavor and it's pickle. It's a dilly of an idea and apparently it started out as an April Fool's joke. But the public clamored for the drink to actually exist, so... I guess now it does. Insert Ian Malcolm quote here. See, I think this is actually a good idea, though. Yeah, it is. It is. If there's a market for it, sure, make it. And and people will enjoy it. And they'll probably get some extra electrolytes if, if, it, if they're using actual brine or something. I don't know. Well, I drink cucumber seltzer all the time, and I love mm-hmm. it. Well, and I drink hop water on occasion, so... Uh, I mean, it's not too big a stretch to think that I might enjoy a, a hard pickle seltzer. No, it's it's like a pickleback. You know, you take your shot of Jameson's, you take your shot of pickle, and you're good. Yeah, pickleback. Pickleback Look at is this pine a draft. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you did that. All right. <laughs> Every time it makes me laugh. Okay, uh, what's your pickly story? Now, summer's approaching. So it's getting into melon season, and I want to remind you all out there, every single bit of a watermelon is perfectly edible. You can eat the Mm -hmm. rind, you can eat the seeds, and in fact, the rind makes a great pickle. Uh, If you're in the South right now, you may have had a pickled watermelon that's like the can-style pickle. Um, If you're me, you don't like to mess around with pickling apparatus. So you make a quick pickle. Now what I do is I take the watermelon rind, I chop it up into bite-sized chunks, and I throw it in a tub with some sugar, some vinegar, um, mostly water, a little bit of soy sauce, and then maybe some chili. Mm -hmm. And I just let it sit. You don't have to let it sit for days and days. Let it sit for like a couple hours or overnight to, just to let that flavor permeate in there, you still want it to be super crunchy. And now then, this is really brilliant. I have never thought of pickling watermelon rind, but I would love to. I would love to try this. Oh uh, man, I actually had a, a pickling disappointment yesterday because I bought the watermelon with the express purpose of eating the delicious flesh and then pickling the rind. But in these newfangled watermelons that they have in the stores these days. Mm-hmm. They have basically hybridized out the rind. Oh, so there was no no delicious rind for you to enjoy. There wasn't. I mean, I mean, there, it was all fruit in there, so I wasn't like super mad. Mm-hmm. But I was actually looking forward to enjoying my pickled rind. So I'm going to have to get a different watermelon variety next time. That's yeah. going to give me some more rind. You got to go tradish with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get like the 15 pound watermelon because I can't eat it all, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, for sure. As you know, every week, our investigative team uncovers a detailed and harrowing story on food crime. And I'm sure this week, 
Greg Person has another one of these stories for us. Greg? Folks, Dupree Satan has returned. Oh, no, the hell you say. I do indeed. Dupree Satan, the father of ideas so self-evidently stupid and bad, you shouldn't even be able to think them, but that somehow become reality thanks to the sustained effort and investment of a staggering number of people. In this case, Dupree Satan has given us a restaurant. It's called, and I'm just guessing here, Kablap. Because it's <laughs> it's spelled C-A-B-L-P. This, this answers, the, so this may be a guess, but I was wondering how you pronounce that. Well, I actually, I'm going to kind of spoil it a little bit because the press release says you're supposed to pronounce it Kablip. Okay. There is, there is no, there's nothing to suggest that it's pronounced Kablip okay. because there's, there's not enough vowels. It's just Kablip. Yep. Which stands for, get ready. This is going to be, this is going to beat the Rocky Tonk. I uh-huh. think we're there. Chris Angel breakfast, lunch, and pizza. <laughs> okay. It's a restaurant owned and named by the mind freak himself. Sure. Now he works in Vegas. He's a magician. Mm-hmm. Vegas is full of restaurants. So where do you think this restaurant is located? Is it in Vegas? Wrong, motherfucker. It's in Overton, Nevada. Population 1700. <laughs> 65 miles from Vegas. 65 miles from Las Vegas. Okay. So you're a guy who works and lives in Vegas. Mm -hmm. You live in a town that has like the highest number of restaurants per capita of any city in the world. And you're going to buy a restaurant in Overton, Nevada, over an hour away by car. Mm -hmm. Listen. And you're going to call it Kablap. You're going to call it Kablup. <laughs> now, listen, we don't need to clown on Chris Angel. For God's sake, look at him. Right. There's, it would be cruel. It would be adding insult to injury, let's be honest. Right. And so in lieu of making fun of Chris Angel, mm-hmm. I, I do want to just share this message with our audience. If you have a rich friend who comes to you with the stupidest idea you've ever heard, an idea so stupid it doesn't even start with a word. <laughs> Don't just think about how to cut yourself a bit the biggest slice of this idiot pie. Right. Okay. Try to convince your dumb, dumb friend <laughs> to do something useful with his money in his life. This may be my favorite food crime you've covered. I mean, as, as soon as I saw the word kablap, I was like, man. Yeah, it, it really tickled my funny bone. I got to know the rest of this story. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to turn down the lights because it's time for the Podcast Shopping Network. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, darling. Honey, you know how it is. Late at night when things get chill and there's something in the air. You light up some candles. Lots of candles. Probably hundreds of candles, but not vagina-scented candles. No, no, no. We're looking for explosions of a different kind, baby. But then, when the candles burn down, what do you got? A bunch of useless candles, that's what. Because when that melty wax settles at the top, there is no way to gain access to that wick again. You can try cutting through it, 
but you're just as likely to cut the wick. You can try melting it down, like, with a lighter, I guess. But you're probably going to burn yourself. But baby, shh. There's an easier way. Just buy the candle quick. Now for only $25. You can live free of the burden of having to buy more candles constantly. And it's a good thing, too, because when it gets dark, baby, we ain't got any other way to see. Candle quick is... Well, it's kind of like a little heated fondue. A little heated fondue of love that melts that wax right down. Quick, safe, and easy. So you can worry your pretty little head about other things. Like, is that curtain on fire? Jesus Christ! That curtain is on fire! Lucas, Lucas, put it out! I don't know, get some water or something! Jesus Christ, do we need... Why do you need this many candles? It's 2021! Our next segment is Stayed Up. (laughs) (laughs) This week, next in line in the alphabetical list of states is Indiana. Did you know Indiana looks just like Bart Simpson's head? Does it? Yeah, dude, look it up real quick. Oh my God, it does. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Indiana is Bart Simpson. Okay, great to know. Non-Edie, I-Diana, and I-Ian are all Indianagrams. Did you know legally every other state is considered out <laughs> Did you know that Indiana is mostly known as Ohio's cousin? The one who is obsessed with Ayn Rand, sells shitty pot, and got that girl pregnant but refused to acknowledge his responsibility? You know, the one with the porn stash. Fun fact, famous Indiana Larry Bird is actually a human being. Which means Larry Bird is a liar. Mm-hmm. Indiana still holds a thin lead over Oklahoma and Alabama for most purchases of the Moo Mixer. Our final segment this week, as every week, is Person to Person and Person, where we share your valuable feedback with our audience. We've received a request this week from a Tim named Cork Dick. I assume that's a pseudonym, to write a haiku about colostomy bags. Happy to, Cork Dick. I present the following. The real party starts when the shit hits the fan, bro. Literally, bro. And I have also written a limerick, which I will now read for you. There once was a fella named Strauss who had a bit much of the souse. He shit on a cop, but that didn't stop the patrons of Kid Rock's Honky Tonk Rock and Roll Steakhouse. (laughs) Bravo. Uh, Corky, I have also written uh, some poems for you. A haiku and a limerick. Here you go. Excuse me, waitress. Can I get a bag to go? To go in, I mean. (laughs) And the limerick. At the Rocky Tonk Steakhouse one night, two gentlemen got in a fight. The first one was pissed, but he just swung a fist while his foe threw a bag of his shite. (laughs) That's beautiful. I love it. Do you have any topics you'd like us to write a haiku about? Send them our way. We'll write a haiku about the subject, and we might throw in that extra limerick as well. Folks, that's all the show we have for you tonight. 
We'd love to hear your feedback, and there are so many ways to give it to us. Send us an email, personandpersonshow at gmail.com. Drop us a voicemail, 541-249-5933. I think we might have that for one more week. Uh, find us at Twitter, at AnchorPersons. Check out our website, personandpersonshow.com. Until next time, this is Gene Person saying you should always end a comedy set with a callback. And this is Greg Person saying, kablap. Good night. Y'all know me, know how iron a living. I'll catch this bird for you, but it ain't going to be easy. Bad mole. Not like going down to the anthill and chasing termites and grasshoppers. This mole, swallow you whole. Little shaking, little tenderizing, and down you go. And we got to do it quick. That'll bring back your tourists. Put all your businesses in a paying basis. But it's not going to be pleasant. I value my neck a lot more than 3000 bucks, Chief. I'll find him for three. But I'll catch him and kill him for ten. But you got to make up your minds. If you want to stay alive, then ante up. If you want to play it cheap, be on welfare the whole winter. Now, I don't want no volunteers. I don't want no mates. There's just too many captains on this island. 10,000 for me by myself. For that, you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing.